Tuesday to you. Uh, welcome, Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. We are covering the Family Chantel episode 11 of season three. My whole other family. It's really just called my other family, but my whole other family. You guys, I love this series. I think that it's just getting better and better and just dealing with a lot of issues. And so housekeeping real quick, support the show, support the show, wherever you're watching, if you hit that thumbs up, that would be great. Bond of your screen shows you if you feel like you're in the holiday spirit where you can support the show. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, super ch chats and super stickers are available, but we're in the DR it's beach day. Um, and it's getting beachy in here. I love Karen. And by the way, happy 30th wedding anniversary today to Mother Karen and Father Thomas. They're ce celebrating 30 years of marriage, you guys. It's incredible. And they look amazing. Like, I don't even know how old they are, they but they look amazing. They don't look old at all. Um, hi, Nicole. Hey, girl. Hey, you made a live. Welcome. Hey, Crystal. Um, yeah, shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Without you guys, these shows wouldn't be possible. For real, for real. And anywhere you're watching, you know, Thank the Patreon subscribers and support the show. Anyhow, we're in the DR. It's beach day. Mama Karen is a, it's beachy up in here. And, you know, they're hanging out at the beach. It's winter. Mama Karen and, of course, Chantel. And I have to say, Chantel always has the best bathing suits, y'all. Like, the best. Don't know where she gets them from, but, like, they're, like, custom made for her. For sure. Uh, they're talking about Pedro. Um, and just poor Pedro. And that's how I feel this whole entire season so far is poor Pedro. You know, he's trying to find answers to his life, trying to find out what type of man he is, where his values and his morals and all the things are. And he just gets beaten down left, right, and center. Sucker punch, sucker punch, sucker punch. Uh, and, you know, he feels like he wants comfort. And what, where does he want comfort? He wants comfort from his family. And he's just really not getting it from Lydia nor from his sister Nicole. So what we find out is Pedro's meeting his two half brothers um, and he's doing it by himself because he approached Nicole and Nicole said no. And he feels like Nicole's not on his side. He feels like this is the final divide between the two of them that they could come together. Cause you know, they're already having so many issues uh, that they could finally come together and find out about their history, where they come from, or the dad and where he was and all the questions he has, especially given Mother Lydia is not trying to answer any type of question, not trying to take any culpability, doesn't think she's done anything wrong, all this, and minimizes Pedro's feelings and laughs at him. So, you know, he's nervous, he's anxious, you know, he wants to know if his two half-brothers knew that he existed, all the things. And so... Uh, we meet Pedro Jr. and Jonathan, right? So there's Pedro Sr., Pedro Jr., the Pedro we know, and Jonathan. So he starts off super polite. You know, thank you for the opportunity to meet with you. You know, I was nervous. I was excited. They said the same thing. They were nervous, excited, emotional. Um they share with Pedro that the dad never spoke of, of this. They didn't know about it growing up. The whole situation knew nothing about it, which, you know, immediately triggered Pedro, right? Because that's the whole thing. Like, did they know about us? No, they didn't know about us. Dad didn't talk about us. They didn't know there was a whole other family. And I have a theory, by the way, you guys. Um, And so... Yeah, both brothers has never talked to their dad about this situation. It was a painful situation for their family. Um, and, you know, they asked, jo Jonathan and Pedro asked, Pedro Jr. asked, I'm just going to call him Jr., I think. Jr. and Jonathan asked, like, hey, where's Nicole? Um, and Pedro's like, 
listen, she doesn't want to know you. She's done with this. She feels happy with the way things are. She feels like, you know, you guys never sought her out or sought us out at any point. And so she's good. And Junior and Jonathan felt sad a little bit about that because, you know, they wanted to meet Nicole. They don't have any sisters. It's just those boys. And so they wanted to, to meet her. And I think that she did herself a disservice by not meeting them. I think that a lot of the anger that she holds and confusion that she holds, because it all manifests itself differently in different people, right? Because we're all individuals. Um, I think that she did herself a disservice because she's going to want to know at some point in her life. And if she can get past that anger and the hurt and the feeling of abandonment, then she would be able to really confront some of the issues. Because like I said last week, everywhere you go, there you are. It's not going anywhere. Your issues are not leaving just because you're ignoring them. So <clears throat> Pedro says a lot of stuff. So it was weird for him because he's looking at them and to, in his eyes, they look white and he's black. And, you know, he doesn't know what his dad looks like, but he knows what his mom looks out like. So it was all very weird for him. But to him, Junior looks exactly like Nicole on the forehead, the eyes, the nose. He's like, if you put a wig on Junior, that would be Nicole. And I laughed because it's funny. Um, so Pedro also finds out that in the house, like they, of course they didn't know. So they didn't, were never talked about. It was taboo as soon as they found out to talk about it. And we find out, you know, a little bit later um, how that all came about. But Pedro's like, hey, listen, the story that I got was that my mom was walking home from school. Your dad offered to give her a ride, gave her a ride home. And then that was the end of it. A year passes and Pedro Sr., his dad, comes back around and is asking about Lydia. But Lydia didn't remember him. She's like, who Like, who are you? What are you? All the things. Um, and then he's like, oh, hey, remember last year I gave you a ride home? Whoop-de-whoop. And so... Lydia says that he told her that he didn't have a family, he didn't have kids, he wasn't married, all the things. Lydia didn't see a ring, so she thought, oh, wow, you know, this guy came back after a year and, you know, I'll give it a try. Now, here's the kicker. What Lydia said was that she felt he was generous to them, and this is what Pedro's reiterating to Junior and Jonathan, that he contributed to anything that they needed. Um, and so anything that they needed, which is what Lydia said, it was all about the material stuff and the money stuff. That's what reeled her in, which I think is really important to remember, you guys. So in all of this, in everything that we've seen so far, Lydia is saying the reason why she was with this man was for financial stability, security, and all the things that he would give. And for the simple fact that she would hide the children says a lot to me. And even though Pedro's saying a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of stuff, he's not listening. Because if you look at the bigger picture, the bigger picture is saying a lot about Lydia as well. Lydia is equally culpable in all of this nonsense, in my opinion. But Pedro goes on to say, you know, hey, Junior and Jonathan, I hope I'm not being disrespectful, but this is what I've been told. And so because Lydia thought he was single in the beginning because he lied, uh, she started seeing him. And after a year, Pedro was born. And as soon as Pedro was born, Pedro Sr. told Lydia the truth and said, hey, by the way, if I have a family, I have a wife, um, but it's not a good situation and I want to leave her. It's a really bad situation. Um and so Lydia accepted it, which is a huge thing. So after she had Pedro, whether she had questions or not, she decided to continue to dating this married man, even though he hadn't left his wife, even though she knew he had a whole family. And she decided to have Nicole two years later. So they were together for at least three years, if not longer, right? And Lydia decided to stay. Now, what does that say about Lydia herself? And people are saying, well, you know, maybe she loved him and all of the things. And I'm encouraging you guys to remember what she was saying. She was saying, 
Oh, hey, Janice. Hey, girl. Hey. She was saying that he provided, he contributed, he gave things. He came to the house with stuff, with boxes and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. So never once has she talked about, hey, I fell in love. And it was too late that he was married and all the things. She's not once said that, you guys. She's only said about the material things and the money he provided. And going back to anytime he would come over for the booty call and she would, you know, quickly shuffle the kids into the room, that says a lot too, because I think he probably made it very clear that he was not trying to have a family with her. She was the side chick and he was willing to, and I hate to say it like this, but willing to pay for sex for the side chick and be discreet, but he's not trying to have a family and she was okay with that. The problem happened is when she got married or got pregnant. When she got pregnant, he didn't sign up for that, but she decided to still stay because what? She still got the material and monetary benefits, which she didn't want to stop. So she put herself in the situation. And then that's why when he would come over, the this only thing that makes logical sense to me that she would shuffle the kids away. So it's not like, oh, it's only Pedro Sr. was doing wrong. Lydia was doing wrong. She was making specific conscious decisions because of what she was getting out of that situation. Okay. It's like the modern day sugar daddy situation. Your sugar daddy knows exactly what he's signing up for. He's signing up for the benefits of a young, hot person to provide every single need. And, um, you're providing a service too. Better Day says she loved him. She named her son after him for goodness sake. Well, that's, listen, Better Days, that's debatable to me personally because his name is Pedro. He named his son Pedro. And then there's now another Pedro. So I don't think it has anything to do with her loving him. I think it's, hey, listen, I'm having your firstborn. And in a, in a ton of cultures, you name your first, like there's a ton of juniors, you name your firstborn son after the father. It's not like, oh my God, I love you so much. It's like, a tra- it's not a tradition. It's like a cultural thing. So I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you better days. I don't think she really loved him. I think she loved the perks of the relationship, but I could be wrong and we can agree to disagree. But I don't think naming Pedro Pedro had anything to do with anything except for is this going to continue to fund the lifestyle that he is providing for me? And guess what? When he stops sending money and better days, when she talks about the last time she talked to him and we'll get to that, she didn't say, Oh, the last time I talked to him, you know, I tried to send him a letter and tell him how much I loved him and I want him to have time with me and the other kids. No, she's like the last time that I talked to him, he sent me 5,000 pesos. And then that was it. So she remembered the stuff. She remembered the money he sent. That's it. That's all. So. Okay. Think about what she remembers. You think about the last. She remembered the year. The year that the check stopped coming. Thank you very much. So. Back to Pedro Jr. and Jonathan. Um. Jonathan, no, it's Junior. Junior was like, you know, when you were born, you never lived with your dad. So like, what did your mom tell you? Like, what was happening? And he's like, yeah, the dad said that he traveled a lot for work and he moved around a lot, which, you know, if Lydia really loved him, she would question like, why why are we not making plans to move into a bigger place and to stay together and to be together and to be a family and all this stuff? She's not making plans because she knew exactly where she stood. She knew exactly that she was a side chick. She knew exactly that he was a sugar daddy and she was okay with it. And then she decided that she wanted to have her own little family and probably thought, because there were a ton of people who were like this and you guys, you can't tell me that there's not, but there were a ton of, just like this, I'll explain it like this. There are women out there that their whole career goal is to score a professional athlete, NBA, NHL, NFL, they don't care. That's their whole goal in life 
is to score one of those guys and have their baby because then they think they're set for life. Okay. And in any other situation, it's the same thing. If you were thinking like, Hey, I'm going to be set for life because I have the sugar daddy paying for everything. And all I have to do is put out, you're agreeing to those terms. You're agreeing to this. So you can't tell me there's one woman out there that she has a baby and she's living alone and her dude that she's so in love with is never around and is traveling and have to keep moving and doesn't think there's something going on. We are not stupid individuals. Okay. We are just not, you know what you're signing up for. You know what the agreement is. You know what their arrangement is. If you want the checks to still keep coming, then you're going to just go along with the flow unless you're not cool with that. So he tells them that, Pedro Singer said we traveled, he had to travel a lot for work and kept moving around. Um, and it was interesting to Junior because Junior's like, oh, you know, he used to say that to us often too, that, you know, we would have to travel for like three days to a week for work. So that was, they had that in common. Um, and then Pedro explained to them that anytime he would he never got to know his dad he didn't know anything about him because anytime he would come over mom lydia would say go to your room okay mom lydia would say go to your room not hey we're here and pedro senior is like i don't want to see these kids i don't want to be around these kids because there are plenty of men that do that no mom lydia made a specific decision to say go to your room you guys think about that and what that means and why she did that. Okay. So they go to their room. Pedro's like, Hey, listen, you know, he provided the things, everything but him. So the milk, the diapers, all the things that a baby needs, but the dad didn't really know, in my opinion, that he was providing like milk and diapers. He knew that he was coming to see a side chick. And because he was a sugar daddy, he had to give her money. And she then in turn used that money to buy the milk and diapers and such that she needed. That's how it went. He didn't say, hey, here's a pack of diapers. Here's a pack of formula. He's like, hey, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I left 5,000 pesos on the side for you. That's how it worked. Prove me wrong. So... Pedro feels like he never asked for us. He never wanted a relationship with us. He never saw him. Um, And Junior and Jonathan had a completely different upbringing. So they said that their dad was always present for them. He was an exemplary, exemplary dad. He was very strict, but he was always there for them. And they celebrated and spent time and were family all of the time. They were, he was always there for them and he was responsible. He was hard on them, but he was always there. And that's the difference, right? So they had two completely different dads going on here. And, you know, they felt for Pedro because he's longing for a dad. They realize that it's painful for him. They realize it's hard to understand like, wow, this guy sounds like a completely different guy. And when they were saying it, you could see that Pedro was tearing up because it was hurtful, right? So here he's now being rejected again or reminded that he's feeling rejected and abandoned as an adult. So all the things that he was feeling inside, they're reiterating and saying, yeah, like our dad was here for us. I don't know the version that showed up for you or didn't show up for you but this is what he did for us and it was hard and and they felt bad and I felt bad and I thought that was so sad and you know they felt sorry for him his childhood to not have a father to know to talk to to raise to to show you how to be a man um and was such a contrast to what they were were used to right which is everything that Pedro has been saying this whole season this whole season he's been saying, listen, I need to know who I am, what I'm about, why my dad didn't want to know me. And this is why, again, I say to you that Lydia made a conscious choice and she chose the money 
and chose, in my opinion, thinking that if she had kids, she would get more money in child support. Um, and it was just not a good look. And now everyone's suffering because of it. And on top of suffering because of it, she's not acknowledging all the hurt that's surrounding it and, and all the people that it have impacted. So <clears throat> Junior goes on to say, like, this is like a soap opera. You know, we didn't know about you guys for forever. Like our whole, so you can imagine their whole lives. They didn't find out Pedro and Nicole till they were adults. Till they were adults. He's like, this is like a soap opera. To find out that your dad has a whole separate family. And the only reason that they found out is because Pedro Sr. had Pedro Jr. do like a task, like some paperwork. And in the paperwork, he found this letter that was torn up. And the letter apparently was from Lydia. And it says, you and your kids, dot, dot, dot. And then he couldn't really remember the whole letter, right? Because it was it was close to 10 years ago. No, it was over 10 years ago now. Um, so we're 2021. So no, it was 10 years ago when they filmed this. So he did re recall it saying, you no longer come to visit your kids. So when Junior found this, he was shook. He's like, hey, mom, he took it to his mom. He's like, hey, mom, I think you should read this. I think you should find out like what this is all about. And that's how they found out that he had a whole separate family. And then Pedro Jr. is 35. So if he found out 10 years ago, that would have made him 25. So his whole life, you guys, think about it, 25. Your whole life, you're living your life. You got your brother, your mom, your dad. And then 25, you find out, oh, your dad has a whole separate family. And so 10 years ago, that would have been, Pedro would have been 19. So Pedro Jr., 25, 10 years ago. Pedro, our Pedro, 19. That's when the other family was exposed. Now, here's my theory on this. Actually, I'll hold my theory till a little bit later. So, <clears throat> Pedro hears this. Hi, y'all. This is my first time catching a live. Oh, my God. I just finished watching it. Wow. Hey, Evelyn. So, I'm going to hold off to my on my theory. But here's what Pedro heard. So, Pedro heard that Lydia wrote a letter. Lydia said, why don't you come visit the kids? And he made this a whole different telenovela. He heard what he wanted to hear. He heard what made it okay and justify in his mind that his mom was actually a great mom and really wanted them to all be a happy family, which I was like, Pedro, where are you seeing this? Where is this coming from? So he feels like his mother tried um, to have him have a relationship with them and the dad. And he feels that Lydia tried several times. And if you could see my notes, okay? If you could see my notes, my notes say, A, if indeed she wrote this letter, she wrote this letter, in my opinion, because, and I'm going to be very crass, so cover your ears, but I, I, I'm being crass because I want to make the point. She wanted the dick and she wanted the dollars, period. Now, since she wasn't getting that, let me just quickly write a letter because he's moved on. And in my opinion, he's moved on to his next side chick. The next side chick who doesn't have a, like a bunch of kids, even though those kids are his, he's like, I didn't sign up for this. I already have a wife and kids. You were supposed to be the side piece. I was going to give you a little money, a little funding, but I'm not trying to play house with you. And so peace, I'm out. I'm moving on to the next younger, hotter chick because I can. So Pedro's happy. Aw, thanks, Christina, for the super sticker. Aw, thanks. Really appreciate the support. 
Pepper's happy. In his head, he's heard his mom really tried everything that she could. She bent over backwards and forwards uh, to make the father have a relationship with them. And he's going to go back and apologize to her because he's been too harsh on her. Pedro, what? Like, wait, what? Where did you hear all of that? In that there was a letter that you heard no more than five words. But you think that Lydia did all that. She tried and tried and tried. And your dad was not trying to have a relationship with you? No. Aw, love you back, right back. No. No, Pedro, no. He wasn't, she wasn't doing all that at all. She was trying to say, where are them checks at? Where are them checks at? You ain't come to the house, where are them checks at? Okay. Anyways, he's super happy. He's going to go home and apologize to Lydia. <clears throat> now, here's another, like, kicker. Here's something where, where Pedro, you could feel, like, just, like, the stabbing of his heart. Oh, 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 oh. So, Junior says, you know, when this all came out, when this whole thing came out, the mom, his mom, Junior's mom, approached cheating dad, Pedro Sr. Uh, the dad said that, you know, I wanted you to find out when I was dead. Like, maybe they'd come to my funeral or something. And that just hurt Pedro so much, our Pedro. It hurt our Pedro so much. And he realized, like, listen, it might be too late for a father-son relationship, but all I wanted was some answers. I want to know what happened. I want to make it make sense. And I want him to own up to this situation that this shouldn't have happened and that I'm a real person and I have feelings and this affected me. Growing up my whole life, not knowing anything about a whole 50% of who I am. Now, Jonathan says, you know what? You should call him. I'll give you his number. You should call him. You should try to see him. And I felt like Jonathan was like the, first of all, both of the brothers, Jonathan and Junior, class acts, you guys, 100% class acts. I didn't think that this could have gone any any better. They were intelligent, kind, considerate, open, communicative, all the things. And Pedro the same. Like it was the three of them. I think it worked out well. And whenever people say God works in mysterious ways, there's probably a reason that Nicole didn't show up and bring the drama. The three of them had a tete-a-tete, like a, I don't know how else to say it. Like they um, had a meeting of the minds and got everything out openly and honestly. And I think that that was important in this moment. However, when Jonathan said, Hey, I'm going to give you our dad's number. Reach out to him. Maybe you can see him and at least talk to him. And then Junior was like, mm, I don't know how he's going to act or respond to you, either calling him or trying to see him. You saw in that moment, you guys, two stark differences. And you have the one brother who's like older, wiser, kind of gets Pedro, right? And feels for Pedro, has compassion. They both had compassion, but... Now this is real life. Like, hey, you and I talked. We're, it's all on the table and that's all good and, and dandy. But like moving forward, then what? Right. So I felt in that moment, Jonathan was like, hey, I'm extending it all to you. I'm extending it all to you. Here's all the things. And even though Junior, Pedro Junior, was the very same way, open, honest, communicative, all the things, you could see that there was a little spark of like, don't rock the boat when he said, you know, I don't know how he's going to act or respond though. I was like, Oh, see, you're still trying to protect the family, like the family that, you know, um, so you had that like yin and yang of the two brothers who are like, Oh, this is really how it's going to be. It's going to be like, some people are going to be open and honest and some people are going to be like, mm, that's great and everything. And I'm smiling your face and this is really good. And, you know, great to meet you and all. But don't fucking rock the boat. Um, but then Jonathan reels it back in and says, hey, listen, 
you have to do it because you never know unless you try. And I was like, bravo, Jonathan, for being the voice of reason. Uh, they all said that they would like to stay in contact. This was so good, so open. Pedro's like, thank you so much for listening. I feel so much better. And that he hopes that the communication doesn't end here, which is what I'm saying, right? So you can reach out to someone, have a lovely conversation, a meeting of the minds, and then that's it. Never see them again. That can happen, right? So... We go back to the ATL and River's in the studio and oh, River, I just feel so, you know, River's a a friend of the melanated way. He's on our show quite often. All the things I felt for him in this moment. And I don't want to be like I told you so, but if you go back to last week's episode and listen to what I told you, just call me Psychic Linda from this point forward. (laughs) And then for my Patreon subscribers, you guys totally know the tea. You know what I've told you. And uh, I'm just saying like, I don't know what else to say. So here we are in the studio. And every song River writes is based on his emotions and, you know, his music is his therapy. He writes his own songs. He does his own lyrics, like all the things. He's actually very talented, you guys, very talented. He's definitely not like a Tariq or even me, God forbid, saying this, Alina on this new season of Before the 90 Days, she wants to be a singer. Um, And she, on her social media, sings all the times in her stories and... So um, he's writing all this music and he's been writing a lot and being inspired a lot by Megan. And so that inspired his song, Kentucky Vibes, which is actually a very catchy song. She's from Kentucky living in Savannah or whatever. Um, And so that song's about her and he just really put his heart on the line and he wanted to invite her over, listen to the song, and do all the things. Stevie says her band is awful. Yeah, Alina's band is awful. Tariq's hot sauce, hot sauce song is terrible. Darcy and Stacey's rap song, that's now their new theme song, that's pretty terrible too. Although Evelyn, Evelyn who was on American Idol, her music is actually fantastic. She's a very, very good singer. Um, I haven't really heard, you know, Britney came out as a rapper when we first met her. I haven't heard her rap or do anything with that. So I don't know if that's still a thing. But there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of 90 days that I don't know if you guys remember Ymir from like season three. Uh, but his music is awesome. So, you know, there are some people that have talent and some people I always say it should just be a hobby, something that you love to do and you do it and that's that. You keep it pushing. You still have a day job because it's not really your calling. It's more like your your hobby. Anyhow, what do I know? Because, you know, there's the Island Boys. And don't even get me started because we will have a five-hour show instead of a one-hour and a little bit of change show. Um, on the Island Boys, if you guys haven't heard of them... Go on TikTok and you will know, you will be addicted. And I am not endorsing them. And everyone always comes to me and it's like, you're dancing. You're this. I'm just fascinated. I'm fascinated. I have questions. What island are you from? Where are your parents? Why are you like this? And why do you only have one hook? Where's the whole song? How are you an artist and you only have a hook of a song? And, and, and dare you have a concert and be surprised that you get booed because how are you at the club with no real song and just a hook? Like they're going to boo because they want, they want to hear a whole song. (laughs) They want to hear a whole song. And if you don't have that, then I'm just not sure how you can call yourself an artist, but that's just like the earlier show when I was telling you guys about international superstar soldier boy, you can't say you're an international superstar when a, you don't have a, a whole album you don't have a series of music and you're not known (laughs) 
You're not known internationally. <laughs> okay. See, I don't know who brought Island Boys up. Maybe it wasn't just me, myself, and I. I don't know where it came from, but I could go off. Anyways, <laughs> we're within the studio. You guys don't, in the comments, you're killing me. Okay. Okay, okay. So, Rivers in the studio, he's been inspired by Megan. And he doesn't really invite people to the studio like that uh, because, you know, that's his safe space. But he's ready to open up and be vulnerable to someone, share this side of him that he's never shared before. Rivers never been in love before, really, either. We also know that he never has brought a girl home. He's never really been serious. So he really loved Megan, you guys. And you might've thought that it was for TV and all the things, but he really cared about her. This was like his true first love in his mind. And you guys know at the first love, it's hard to get over your first love because they're all the things to you. They're the sun, the moon, the star, all the things. Um, so Megan shows up at, well, no, before she shows up, she does her to camera. And she's like, you know, it's overwhelming that he wrote a whole song about me. And, you know, he also suggested the L word. And it's just a lot. It's just a lot for me. It's just really a lot. And then the producer's like, well, where's your heart? And she's like, mm, you know. And then I was like, Is, are she forcing a tear? She's like, I care about him. And I don't want to hurt him. But if I don't, if I don't tell him how I feel, it will only hurt him worse. Now, ladies, okay, ladies, and even gentlemen, ladies, you only say that when you don't like somebody, okay? You are like, oh, it's, it's me, it's not, it's not you, it's me, and I don't want to hurt him and I don't really want to spend time and I'm so busy and I'm sleepy and I have school and I have work and all the things you make time for someone that you want to make time for. Think about it. Think about any person you've ever met that you've had any type of romantic feelings for you make time for, it. even if you are going to school, you work two jobs, you have 10 kids, all the things. If you really care about this person that you met and you want to get to know them, guess what? You find the time. Somewhere in your day, you have a two-minute, five-minute, ten-minute window that you reach out and you're like, here's the thing, here's the thing. I'm going to have an hour here, a two-hour here. I'll drive to you. You can come to me. You do all the things to make time. However, okay, if it's Tony from the block that you're like, mm, Tony from the block, he's like, oh, my God. He, like, calls me all the time. He freaking texts me all the time. You see the text. You roll your eyes. You're like, ugh. You forget to text back. Oh, I was sleeping. Oh, I was in the shower. Oh, I was washing my hair. Oh, there was a family emergency. Oh, um, my cat's sick. Oh, my dog's sick. Oh, they call me into work. Like you make every excuse not to see the person because guess what? You don't really want to see the person. And that's Megan. You're going to sit here and be the camera and say that you're all overwhelmed because he said the L word or not said it. He suggested the L word. And it's just a lot for you. And you really just care about him. But you just don't want to hurt him. Like, stop playing. Stop it. Stop it. Anyhow. Uh, that seems, and we go back to the DR. Pedro's super happy. He's excited still. He wants to share with Chantel how his mom is a saint. How she tried to... Um, unify their family and reach out to the dad and all the things where again Pedro made it a whole he made those five words a whole big story in his mind because it fed into what he really wanted to believe about his mom right so he tells Pedro you know or excuse me he tells Chantel that his half brothers were polite they were good people they told him everything that he found out through a letter that his mom really wanted him to have a relationship uh, with them, with them and the dad, and tried to be a, a father. Doesn't blame 
his mom anymore. He's happy and relieved because his mom tried and tried and tried. Um, and he just doesn't think that his mom is at fault. His mom has no fault in this. All the fault is the dad. And all my notes say is, wow, where did you get all of that, Pedro, from that little, oh, there was a letter, and the letter said, and I quote, you no longer come to visit your kids. That's it. That's, you got your mom tried and tried and tried and tried. There were multiple attempts, multiple attempts, and she's not at fault. She's not at fault for finding that he was married and deciding to stay still year after year after year and have a second kid, deciding to stay and to stay and to stay. And then Pedro Sr. drops her, but she has no fault. Hurtling you into the room anytime Pedro Sr. came over for booty call, but she has no fault. And you know, kids, as kids, we always ask about our parents, like, oh, my, where's my dad? And, and where does daddy work? When's daddy coming home? When's mommy coming home? All the questions. And Lydia refusing to answer any of those questions your whole entire life. But she's not at fault. <sighs> hey, Mags, you are on to something. I'm about to talk about that in a minute. So, but Pedro's super happy. He's happy and he thinks that Lydia could do no wrong. Chantel, like me, sees it differently. Doesn't want Pedro to hate his mom, but wants Pedro to acknowledge that the tr what the truth is and to see things for what they are. And I agree with Chantel 100%. You need to see things for how they really are. So she asked him, you know, why was she sending you to your room whenever he came over? And then Pedro says, because my dad didn't want to have a relationship with me. And then... Chantel says, well, I wish your mom would have said, you know, you can't step one foot in this house if you don't want to see your own kids. Pedro's like, different country, different people. And then she continued and said, hey, listen, don't you think your mom put you in a bad position by having a relationship with a married man and knowing he's married and still stayed and had a second baby? Oh, because why again, you guys? Oh, because he was writing checks. That's why. Pedro gets mad. He's like, you're judging my mom. Who are you to judge my mom? You don't have any empathy. How dare you? How dare you? You're using what I told me against me. I, ah, you're not supporting me. And if you're not supporting me, you should just go back to the U.S. He freaked the fuck out. And I explained to you guys before that all of that aggression is misplaced anger. He's not mad at Chantel. He's mad that guess what? What she said hit him hard because he has the doubt in the back of his mind. So he's been mad this whole time. He spends 20 minutes with his half brothers, holds on to a little glimmer of hope. And he talked about this later in the episode where he's like, you know, I'm just looking for a little bit of light, but it gets dark, it gets dark, it gets dark. Yeah, he had a little bit of hope, a little slimmer of light, slimmer. <laughs> a little sliver of light and he's running with it. So he doesn't want anyone to burst his bubble, whether it's true or not. So he's misplacing that anger to his wife and he was wrong for doing that, in my opinion, totally. Um. So as he gets angrier and angrier with her, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. And he's like, yeah, you should leave. And then he walks all sad. Um, and N Nicole, Chantel to camera is like, you know, I want them to see Pedro as a son and a brother and not just someone who gives them money and material things, which you guys is completely in line with everything that we know about Lydia this season so far. All the things that she cares about is the money and the things. All the things that Pedro has to do in America. Guess what? He has to send money back. Because that's what Lydia is used to. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Not only did Lydia like the checks from her sugar daddy 
had a baby because she thought she probably would get more money, but she was probably super happy that her firstborn was a boy. Hence, she named him Pedro, culturally speaking, but also, too, because that's the dude that's paying your bills. And I'm going to go further and say she knew that in her mind, in the future, this boy of hers that she can control is going to go ahead and send money. Now, I know it's a cultural thing. Okay, plenty of people on the West send many, plenty of money back home, back home. That's the thing that you do. However, I think in Lydia's specific situation, she rolls like that. It's about the money and the material things first and foremost. And she knew that her when her son grew up, and if you guys think about this whole thing when we first met them, and Mama Karen called this whole situation out saying, hey, you had a website. You were trolling for American women. He wanted Pedro to marry American women so he can go to America. And what did she say? Cultivate the American dollar. Whatever her saying was, all those things. And look where we are now. Look where we are now. All of those things are true. All of them. Exactly. Stevie said Karen was right from the jump. So, Pedro's tripping. He's got misplaced anger. And so he walks off and he sits on the side. He calls his dad. His dad doesn't answer. He doesn't want to leave a voicemail because he just doesn't feel comfortable. So he hangs up and he calls again and still no answer. He doesn't know what to feel. He's making excuses already again for his dad. Like maybe the dad doesn't know this foreign number. Maybe he's busy. Maybe, you know, his half brothers went back and said, hey, we gave your phone number out. And now he knows that I'm calling. So now he's not going to pick up. He, you know, he doesn't know. He has all these things swirling in his mind and he's trying to make sense of it all. sad. I felt bad for him. It's very, I just feel bad because Pedro needs answers and he's trying to find the answers. But I also think he also has to open his eyes a little bit and see the situation for what it is. And he may never get the answers that he needs. And he's going to have to be able to be okay with that. Um, so then we go back to the ATL and we're back in studio and uh, Megan shows up and Megan's like, you know, I'm, I love the fact that I can inspire you, uh, but you're so focused on me and I have a lot of other stuff going on. And, you know, when you mention not showing up, you know, it really hit me. It really hurt me. And she starts crying. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, I work and I have kids and I go to school and, you know, the last thing I need is for someone to tell me I'm not showing up. Well, you're not showing up. And guess what? It's a fact. Like, why Why is River having to apologize? So we find out that River apologized for saying that, hey, you know what? Two people have to show up for a relationship to work. That is true. And I don't, I'm confused where the offense is there. Where are you offended? You're only offended... If A, you don't really want to be there and someone's calling you out. And guess what? That's exactly what's gone on with Megan. She doesn't give a rat's ass about him. In my opinion, and I've said it before, she was clout chasing the whole time. And in clout chasing, she didn't realize that she would actually have to spend somewhat time with someone who's actually developing feelings for her. And so now anytime he reaches out and wants to spend time, it's a burden to her. And... So now when he calls her out on it and says, hey, you know what? Two people have to show up for a relationship to, to work. You're offended when he's just telling you a fact. That's a fact. What are you offended about exactly? Please explain it to me because that doesn't make any type of sense to me whatsoever. So she gets all teary eyed and she's like, uh, you know, it just really hurt me and, you know, not showing up. I work, I have a kid, I go to school. So like to say that I don't show up just really hurt me. 
listen, you, I've been saying it this whole show, you make time for the people you want to make time for. You make time for the people you want to make time for. So she continues to cry. It struck a nerve with her. And then he's like, you know, I'm not going to deny that my feelings have grown for you. Uh, and why is that wrong? Like, why is that wrong? I have grown feelings for you. I care about you. I want to spend more time with you. And it takes two people to spend time. Why are you coming at me like this? Why is that? Why am I the bad guy? And then she's like, well, we're both in different places in our life. And, you know, she just doesn't have more to give. She's not in a place where she can be in a relationship because she doesn't have the time. Megan. Oh, sweet Megan. Why start dating someone if you don't have the time for a relationship? Why come on a very international show and say you're interested in somebody if you knew from the jump that you went to work, you went to, you have a kid, you go to school and you just don't have that type of time. Like where in your life and in your world that when you start dating someone that you don't have to make time for them. Explain that to me. I'll wait. So... She goes on to say, like, I understand that you're following for me, but, you know, I just, I don't have the time. And I don't have the time or the energy to put in what you're putting in. Wow. Wow, Megan. Wow. I was like, poor River. Like, poor River, because you could tell that he, he was just like, where is this coming from? And you're getting mad because I said, hey, it takes two to tango it takes two to show up in a relationship if anything him being 24 years old that's all wisdom that's all wisdom for him to have not a lot of experience with a relationship he has wisdom and he's learned from his tight family culture and is like hey listen i don't need to settle for anything less than what I'm I'm bringing to the table. So I say hats off to you, bravo, River, for realizing that. And, you know, screw Megan for her to, like, have this nonsense. And by the way, you guys, I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to do it right now. This irritated the hell out of me. Okay, wait. Like, we're both in, like, different places and, like, those places in our life are like, uh, just so different. And like, I don't have any more time to give. And like, you know, we're just not in the same place. And like, uh, you know, I just don't have time for a relationship. And like, I was, I was like, oh, how many times are we doing that? Because all I'm hearing is like, 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 and it's annoying as fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I could never be a comedian because I laugh at my own jokes. Anyway, poor River, he's hurt. He gets caught off guard because he really wanted the night to go differently. And he just doesn't understand like what he did wrong. Well, it's that old saying that she's just not that into you. Yeah, she's just not that into you. She's just not that into you because if she was, she would make time and all things would be hunky-dory. And River, I say to you, it's her loss. He seems like a lovely young man and caring and open and communicative and all the things that if someone who really wanted a relationship, then that could be a good potential suitor. She just didn't want a relationship. What she wanted is the family Chantel airtime and fame. So lick your wounds, our dear friend. You will find someone that is absolutely perfect for you. Ah, Christina, you're on a fire today. We go back to the DR 
And Pedro goes home because he's super happy. He's ready to tell Lydia that she's the best mom of the year. And as soon as he opens the door, she's like, what do you want? He's like, what's with your attitude? And she's super defensive, right? Because she's been on the defense since Pedro got there and has been asking all these questions. And um, he's like, you know, how... How'd it go? Like he explains how it went. He tells Lydia how they discovered the two kids and all the things, how it went with his two half brothers. And he's like, you know, you wrote this letter. And she's like, what letter? I don't remember. And she, he's like, yes, you do. She, and she's like, no, you don't. The letter you wrote, the letters that you wrote saying that, hey, you need to come and see your kids. You need to have a relationship. And we should all be a family. And as you see how the story grew, you guys, it grew from the original statement, which was, you no longer come to visit your kids. You no longer come to visit your kids. That was the original statement. It grew from that to, Lydia is a saint and Lydia sent tons of letters and she's trying to reunite the family and our dad didn't want to have anything to do with us. That's what he told Chantel to now Lydia where it's grown. And all of a sudden Lydia was like the mom that tried all that she could do to reunite the family. So they could all be together. And it was the father that wasn't coming through. Like, wow, Pedro, you've had like, an hour to make this fairy tale and you're just building and building and building and building upon it. And it was quite sad. Um, and so she's like, yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I never wrote a letter. That wasn't me. And Pedro's like, no, you wrote it. Remember you said, please, Pedro, your kids need to see you. And then Lydia's like, no. I never did that. I never said that. That wasn't me. And I was like, oh, that's cold. And then <laughs> she goes to camera and she's like, you know what? The last thing I remember was March 2010 when Pedro Sr. sent me 5,000 pesos. So you don't remember any letter. You don't remember any type of correspondence. You don't remember trying to unite your family, but you do remember the last time he wrote a check. That's what you do remember. Stop it. Stop it, you guys. The saint is not a saint. Okay? The saint is not a saint. She knew exactly what she was doing, exactly what she was doing, and why she was in that relationship. And when the check stopped coming, guess what? Peace out. That's it. Keep it pushing. So, you remember March 2010, that last 5,000 peso, but you don't remember... 2010 and you guys the date is not does not go past me okay think about why march 2010 was the last time that they had any correspondence exactly christina ding 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 same year that the letter was found same year that guess what his family his wife and kids found out that he had a whole separate family. And so guess what? You're not getting any more checks. Because I've been exposed. I didn't want this family anyways. I just wanted to wham, bam, thank you, man, and leave your 5,000 pesos on the side. The, what is it called? The bedside table. That's it. Not a coincidence. Same year as the letter is not a coincidence. 2010 of March. You got your last 5,000. I bet you they found that letter in March of 2010. So Pedro's like, did you love him? She's like, no. No, but did you love him? She's like, no. Yes or no, did you love him? No. Yes or no, just yes or no. And she's like, if those are my only options, then no, I didn't love him. So Pedro freaks out. So we were mistaken, nothing else. And then Lydia says, yes, exactly. 
And Pedro's like, we should have never happened. And she said, exactly. Now, listen, you guys, that is some cold hearted shit right there. Because she's not lying. Let's rewind. Did you love him? No, she didn't love him. She loved the money and the lifestyle that he was able to provide her. We should have never happened. Well, no, because if they didn't happen, she would still be the side check and still getting money and still getting the checks. Very sad to be that straightforward and direct. Now, do I think part of that is her being defensive and lying? And obviously she doesn't feel like her own kids were a mistake. And obviously she doesn't think that they should never have happened. She's That's her defense mechanism and misplaced hostility because her son is questioning her and her son is seeing her in a new light. Her son realizes now that, you know, mom was a side chick. And that was her job. And she was okay with that, right? So that's the issue that she's having. It's, it's her pride. It's her pride and her sense of self and her sense of her son questioning her. Now, <clears throat> Pedro's super hurt. He freaks out. He storms out. He's, he's cussing. He's mad. He doesn't know what to believe. You know, he wanted his mom to lie to him. Just be like, yeah, you know what? I wrote the letters and I tried to make us one happy family. And I tried uh, to just love on you and love on him. And I loved him. It just didn't work out. That's what he wanted to hear because guess what? That fits into the narrative that he's built in his mind so that he doesn't have to be mad at his mom and he doesn't have to be mad at his dad. It can just, or, or, he doesn't have to be mad at his mom and he can blame it on the dad for being an absentee dad and it not just being a mistake and it not just being about money and all the things it made him feel better. And she didn't allow him that. And so now he's really upset. So he calls junior and he wants to know about the letter. Junior says, so he's like, you know, what was on the letter? Was it my name, Nicole's name, my mom's name, all the things? And Junior's like, yeah, there were no names on the letter. And when asked, what did it say? Do you remember? He's like, no, but there were no names. And that letter doesn't exist anymore because my mom either tore it up or burned it. Now, here's my theory, you guys. Here is my theory. I think that Lydia's not lying, that she did not write that letter. I think that Pedro Sr. was probably gallivanting all over the Dominican Republic. And I think that he had babies all over the place. And I think that when he was discovered by that letter, that letter was not about Lydia and Pedro and Nicole specifically. It was some other family that he had started somewhere else. And maybe there are other families that he started all over the place. And because he got caught, he cut everybody off. All the side pieces and side babies, no more. Which brings me back to what Junior said when Junior said he hoped that the dad hoped that when he died, that's when everything would come out. And then that's when all the kids would show up at his funeral. And that's why I believe that there are at least one other family besides our family, Pedro and Lydia and Nicole. That's what I think. Uh, Zaka Press says, is the Dominican culture for men to have many kids across town? Uh, I'm not going to answer that because it's not my culture, Dominican culture. So I, I'm not going to answer that question. I know what I've heard. I know what people have told me, but I can't answer that because, you know, it's not my culture. So that's what I think. And I think we're going to find out more about that. And it's going to break Pedro's heart because he's going to realize that Lydia indeed was just the side piece. And not only was she the side piece, but she was one of many. Anyways, you guys, that's the show. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up. Thank you guys so much. Some of you guys I, I will see tomorrow for our Rose interview. Uh, Rose is going to spill the tea, and I cannot wait. Uh, her first interview, I want to say, 
on the West Coast that I know of. So Patreon subscribers, I will see you all tomorrow. Um, and then on Thursday, I will see you guys again for our Sinjin interview. Everyone else, have a very happy, happy, happy holiday to you and you and you and you and you. And I don't know when I'll see you next, but I will see you soon. Bye for now.